Hello and welcome to the Win Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value to make it worth your time. Last week on the Win Win Effect podcast, we covered one of the most debated topics in today's marketplace. Is cold calling really dead? I agreed that cold calling prospective buyers out the blue without knowing much about the customer is highly ineffective. However, I do believe that if you're the marketing executive or the person in charge of the protocol on preparing your sales team with enough detailed information for them to be successful, then it's primarily your fault why your sales team cannot increase their sales conversions. Since we posted the episode, pick up the phone and start cold calling, we have received a lot of messages from our listeners, and I was happy to see all the questions and requests on future topics to cover. As much as I would love to cover all the questions, in due time, we will cover in the Win Win Effect podcast, I picked out one that jumped out to me the most. Sometimes even the words cold call can make reps on my sales team dread picking up the phones. What do you think sets the best of the best salespeople apart from the rest of the pack? In my experience, the most effective sellers lead with mindset and wanting to help versus wanting to sell. They ask themselves how their product can genuinely help the customer by internalizing the benefits and value. Overall, this will help the seller view the world through a lens of understanding and empathy instead of viewing it one-size-fits-all solution to every product and service or whatever they're selling. Your success in any field, I don't care what industry you're currently in, solely depends upon your belief system. The difference between a top performer in sales and an inconsistent salesperson comes down to your mindset and what you're willing to tolerate with prospective buyers. So for today's topic, I'm gonna talk about all the occasions that I see with sellers getting in the way of their own success, and that starts with their mindset. You can have all the talent in the world, and that's the blessing, but to be mentally and emotionally strong with your mindset is to be unstoppable. To give me help and really give you more insight on what I mean behind that, I decided to invite Wes Bays back on to discuss how important it is to have the right mindset in place. Wes, welcome back. Thanks again for taking some time to dig a little deeper on today's topic. How's everything going for you this week? Fantastic. It's been a it's been a great week. Three hour sleep, uh, you know, nights, and I'm feeling good. So it's been a it's been a hustle week. So how about yourself? 
You know me, man. I'm always good. Any day that ends in Y, you got to be hustling, right? Three hours of sleep. Sleep is for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree with my opening statement with having the right mindset in place puts the seller in a better position? It's absolutely essential. Right. Why do you think? Because if you're if you don't feel good, if you're not in the right frame of mind, there's no way you can come across to that prospect in such a way, even to put them in the right frame of mind and get to the outcome that you're searching for. Right. Sometimes I view things in a way of it's like a moral obligation if someone touches a phone and they're in a position to call a prospective buyer or someone is willing to maybe look at things in a little differently or trying to purchase a product or service or t-shirt. It doesn't matter what you're selling. But because you're not selling a product in the opening call, you have a moral obligation to not doing them a disservice and always giving them the best service as possible of what you're trying to share with them. Would you agree with that? I would. You need Ultimately, you need to sell yourself first and they need to buy into you before you have any right to, to offer your product or service. Right. What type of products and services? I mean, I know that you've been in sales for a long time. And most uh, most people don't know your story. Can you share a little bit more about yourself so that way, maybe they have a little understanding about how many other businesses you do own and how many people you have trained? Absolutely. I mean, well, I have a family of entrepreneurs, right? So I grew up around a bunch of entrepreneurs, and you know, my family, you know, growing up, they did okay in business, but they always seem to, you know, they do well for a short period of time, and then all of a sudden, everything breaks down. Right. So that's kind of how I grew up with that type of mentality where, you know, you're expecting the worst. Right. So you're always instead of looking for, you know, success or to win, you're fearing loss. And, you know, we can touch a lot about that uh, today. And so my I grew up in that type of an environment and eventually getting myself more into financial sales. And so I did uh, started out with insurance, went to, you know, investments and I was selling financial services. Um, you know, onwards then to starting to work with uh, students for different online programs, things along those lines, eventually making my way to, uh, you know, coaching, consulting um, for different businesses. So all of that has to do with selling negotiations. And for me, and we can talk a lot more about this, being in the right frame of mind was absolutely essential because in the beginning, I was starting to follow the same path as my family had in the past. And so I was following that same trend where I was always afraid of losing instead of looking to win. And so having to go through that and be able to change that so that I can start winning was absolutely key. And that's now, you know, owning, you know, social media management uh, company and uh, sales company and some other ones that, um, you know, we'll get to at some point. Uh, you know, now it's absolutely essential that I'm able to not just be in the right frame of mind myself, but be able to train and teach those around me how to do the same. Right. Thank you for sharing that because that kind of gives the you know listeners a little bit more about you. And I've seen you over the years be able to train this at a very high level of putting people in the right frame of mind before they even approach a situation. Studies have shown that people will approach a situation differently in different states of their mind or emotional states. Is it a fair assumption to think of having the right mindset as a basic instinct or some would say a survival mechanism? Absolutely. I mean, having a lot of having a poor mindset comes back to that survival mechanism. Because right? if you really think about it, if you are wired to, to survive, that means you cannot lose. You're not looking to win. You just cannot lose. Right. So 
that survival instinct actually, and we can talk a lot about this, is that gets in the way of a lot of people's success. Right. So I guess it would be fair to say that a survival mechanism goes, ties in and be a huge catalyst for overcoming fear, correct? Absolutely. I mean, that you need to, that survival instinct needs to be used appropriately. I guess I want to put it that way, not going to elaborate on that. Uh, so it's, you have to use it effectively, but you can't also let it hold you back. Right. Allowing it to hold you back or that something that will actually prevent you from succeeding. If you view things in that way, would it, can you peel back the layers and finding a limiting belief somewhere? Yeah, you absolutely can. Because a lot of times when you're thinking about what you cannot lose or what you don't want to lose, you're forgetting about the fact that how can I have more? And or how can I make my how can I win? How can I make more or have more or get more? And because you're the limiting part is you're limiting yourself to what you can do, accomplish or have. That's a really good point. Well, sometimes also it's just a perception of what you can accomplish and what you can have in life. Growing up in a a family of entrepreneurs, you know, there wasn't really a lot of limiting beliefs there that aren't possible. Is that true? Absolutely. The that's the positive part of, you know, growing up in a family of entrepreneurs is that you had, you know, they saw opportunity, but the they saw opportunity and and hopefully people can recognize what I'm saying here. They saw opportunity, um, but the second they took advantage of the opportunity, they started fearing what they're going to lose. And that was a huge piece. And that for me growing up, you know, my father instilled in me that, hey, you need to go get a, a good education and work somewhere so that you can have stability because he was always fearing stability. That's a really good point to understand, guys. I hope everyone's listening to this. Is that it doesn't matter who you call or who you're trying to get in touch with. And if you have that opening call, even if it's a cold call or if it's the second appointment, third appointment, whatever your sales cycle is and whatever your process is, if you're approaching the call with anything that is actually holding you back, there's a good chance that can come through the phone and affect the sale overall, but it also will affect the way they're looking at things because humans have a way of adapting. I hope that makes sense. If, if I got on this call with Wes, and as we're having a conversation, or I got on a call with John, and if I was extremely negative and approached that phone call that way, there's a good chance he's going to be negative. I'm not trying to say that you need to be overly positive, but you need to also have some self-awareness and being able to gauge where they're at first, because this call is not about you. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, you don't know what you don't know, right? And when you have those limiting beliefs, the language that you're using or things that you're saying to that to that client, you don't consciously know how it's affecting that client because it's coming from your natural self and your natural self has that limiting belief. So for you, it's how can I break myself down and understand what my limiting beliefs currently are so that I can avoid making that type of comment statement or, or press that belief system on that other side to where it's affecting my overall sales process. It's important for me maybe just to understand and having confidence that my sales team is going to do the right things at all times. So when we're training, I always make sure before they touch a phone, I have them call me first to sell me. Is that something similar that you do? When, when you have a, so say you're somebody that's training sales, you need to be able to understand what that, per, if you can truly sit back and understand what that person's limiting beliefs are, what, what's the language that they're using and why are they using it? You as the sales manager in that instance, or the sales trainer, you need to be able to help that person 
identify, recognize, and and start to be able to consciously, because it's not all about fixing it today. Right? A lot of people have that misconception is I have this limiting belief. I need to fix it right now. The first step is actually just be conscious of it. Now that you're conscious of it, now you can start actually understanding the words that you're saying, why you're saying them, how you're saying them. And you now you you have applied a trigger in there to where when you're about to say something that's going to trigger that that limiting belief, you're starting to to deter from it or move past it. Right. So for me, when I'm when I'm training somebody in that case is I need to identify that first and help them understand that first before I get into anything technical, because their mind is not going to be impressionable to that when they themselves, you know, still are having those limiting beliefs. Right. They don't even see the problem. What's something people seem to misunderstand about adopting the right mindset before they pick up the phone? Well, the first thing is that one, they think that they need to be completely positive, right? Like I have to be the most cheerful, positive person in the world. Yes, that energy is infectious. But the thing is, you're not going to solve all of your problems, you know, right there and then, right? You don't have to have all of your limiting beliefs, um, you know, completely overcome. Nobody ever really does. We're constantly overcoming our limiting beliefs. And there are limiting beliefs that we don't even know that we have yet until we experience certain things, right? So one of the things that a lot of people need to understand is that it's about how can you consciously make sure that you are approaching that phone call with the the thought that I'm going to do the best that I can today and I'm going to serve the best that I can today. And that's where visualization comes in. So when I visualize, and I talked about this before, when I visualize that interaction, I'm going to also look at what are the things that I might say that might get in the way of that phone call or might get in the way of that prospect. And so that's where identifying what some of your limiting beliefs are. It's not that you're going to overcome them today, but now you can actually put together that context in your visualization to get yourself prepared to be able to take on that phone call. I mean, how do you normally get go about getting yourself in a right frame of mind, do you think? It really just start, it starts from the moment you wake up. So everything you do before you ever touch that phone has to be to put yourself, I, I truly believe in a power position to be able to win. And so for me personally, I'm typically, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm going to the gym. Right? I'm uh, making sure I, I feed myself something that's very healthy, that's going to allow me to actually be focused. I'm going to listen to certain things, you know, uh, you know, for, for some people that may be religious, for some people that, um, you know, might be certain music that they like to listen to, something that's going to put you in a position where you feel at peace, but you feel empowered. Right. And that could be something motivational or a book or anything along those lines. I'm going to feed myself and my mind first so that I can be in a good place. And now I'm going to go on with my day. And now when I get to as I am getting to the point where I'm approaching my time to start calling or selling, I'm going to start visualizing that interaction, that phone call. I'm also going to visualize how great it is that I'm going to help that person and how grateful I am that I get to do this. I'm going to speak, that's the part where I'm speaking some positivity into myself as well. Um, And then I'm going to go about my interaction. Um, How about you, Chris? What is something that you typically do? The way I look at mindset, everyone in sales talks a lot about mindset. I mean, you go go on social media right now and type in mindset. You're going to see a lot of misconceptions. How I look at it in mindset when it pertains to sales, those are building blocks and those are critical ways of looking at a sale, a selling process and success, reading the situation, engaging the situation. What are they saying? What are they not saying? Finding the truth. 
What's the next step? Or providing a lot of clarity for them, taking control of the conversation, not losing it and being patient enough to let them talk. Because that's where you're going to find out the most about someone is when they're really speaking and you're asking probing questions or really deep penetrating questions. I know it sounds crazy for me to say that, but it's true. And action provoking questions, the social approval, are they searching for acceptance? People sometimes in sales, they fall victim to this, Wes, victim. They search for freaking acceptance when they get on the phone. I don't understand that. I guess it's a fear of them not being able to give enough. What do you think? Absolutely. It's, it really comes down, comes down at the end of the day to self-worth. Right? So do you feel worthy? I see a lot of, a lot of people actually uh, fall victim to this is they don't feel worthy. And so that affects every interaction that they have. So when you don't feel worthy about certain things, and that's, you know, we could talk about what that stems from, but ultimately when you don't feel worthy to have something or to do something, how can you possibly believe you're going to attract the right outcome for yourself? Not just in a sales interaction, but really in any part of your life, ultimately. But, you know, specifically to that sales interaction, how do you expect to get to where, you know, get to the point where you're asking even for the sale if you don't even feel worthy of the sale? Right. Well, I mean, it also goes into the gratifying needs of others at all times. It doesn't even matter when they're on the phone. It rolls over into their personal life, rolls over into their business life. There's some people that have to be driven by numbers. When I've been in the sales game for a long time, and of course, you have your sales quotas up and you're supposed to hit a certain number based off, you know, a performance. Then you have your quotas up and you're like, I want to be the top. I want to be the best person. Well, it's actually easy to really win a sales contest if you're focused on the right things and you can get into a groove, well, at least for myself, or I start off fast, just personal preference. But to get to the top, it's harder to stay at the top because now you have someone behind you. That's where people really look for the acceptance the most is that they search for that acceptance, always being the best or whatever, because they're looking for approval, that they're good at what they do. But if you start peeling back the layers of that, then you understand what's really going to prevent them from reaching that pinnacle level of success. Would you believe that statement? I absolutely would. I mean, ultimately going back to what you said, the, you know, I had that same issue as I was, you know, you know, getting better in my sales career. You know, I was a person who I, I always hit my quota within the first week, right? Because I always aimed to have my pipeline full. I always went at it hard, made sure that I was completely ready to go and hit my quota within the first week. But I was always searching for that recognition. That was for me. For me, it wasn't even about the money. It was about the recognition, right? And so, uh, you know, for me being able, you know, when I had to let go of that, and this actually is good for anybody who maybe suffers from this now, for me being able to let go of that, it was when I was really put in a position where I had to lead. And me having the lead, I knew that if I couldn't let go of that, that need for credibility or that need for recognition, that I'm going, I am going to fail. And so what I started finding fulfillment from was giving that credibility recognition to others. That started giving me that same amount of fulfillment. But I had to make that change in my mindset for me to be able to actually carry that on and start being effective. Right. I guess it's just like having children as well. I mean, you always see a proud father sitting in the stands at a football game when his son scored a touchdown. You're always going to be prouder because you've, you know, that's part of you. You know, it's part of your journey. If you're a sales leader, and I'm glad that you said leader because you are. You're not a manager because managers just look at what they need to hit and whoever's yelling at them and then they go manage, you know, through KPIs and <laughs> that's all they do. But when you're a sales leader, you're actually trying to do what's best for them at all times. And how can you teach them 
your outlook and how you've got to a point of success. So one of the biggest things for major companies and corporations, when they hire the top performing sales guy and try to get him into a leadership position, you will fail if you don't work on yourself as much as possible and being able to relate it to all the different personality types, just like you're selling and being able to influence them. That's your ability to persuade. But you have to be able to persuade off of numbers and off of methods and especially the psychology behind what you're teaching. That's a way to relate to someone. Would you agree to that? I would absolutely agree because here's what I find a lot in this in the sales industry or in sales in general is that sales managers, especially those top performing sales guys, they do end up going into a sales management role. And all you ever hear is them talking about what they did, how well it worked for them, how great they are, blah, 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 things that nobody really gives a shit about. Right. And so what ultimately is, you know, when you're a sales leader, when I've been my most effective with any of my salespeople, anybody who I've ever trained was I made it all about them and I helped them first, as we mentioned earlier, start looking through how do I identify what's actually holding me back? Because I don't believe that a single person in this world can't learn a skill. Everybody can learn a skill. And so it's how effective are you in that skill and how committed are you? To, be, to learning that skill and being the top and the best performer that you can possibly be. And so how do you get someone to start letting go of some of those limiting beliefs and start looking at what do I need to do to win? How can I program myself to win each and every day? And that's a mindset of its own. Interesting. You talk a lot about programming. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Absolutely. So programming, I mean, it's just like think of a computer program, right? So if you have a, if you have a computer program and, you know, say a tic-tac-toe game, Right? And if it's not programmed the right way, say it's not, the algorithm isn't on for you, for the computer to win, the person who's playing that computer is going to win every single time and that computer is going to keep losing right? because something in its algorithm or its programming is telling it that you can't win right? or it doesn't, it doesn't have the formula to win. It's the same thing when it comes back to us. What we put in our minds and how we program ourselves through our development is, is how we end up. Uh, is what we end up becoming, right? Or end up what we end up producing, and so that's really what it's all about. How do how do you develop your mindset so you can start winning? So uh, I guess really that's a question that I have for for you, Chris. What would you say is the best way for someone to start developing their mindset? It's a great question. I mean, the only way to answer that is if you allow me to go back and start with sharing a story on how I was able to look at things a little differently. Most people know this if they're close to me, and you you probably have heard this story a couple of times, but my older sister was born handicapped. And the doctor told my parents that you know, it was their first child, and they it was a good chance she wouldn't make it to the age of four years old without having the proper care in place. And I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but this is important that we talk about this. And I identified a lot of the things that were preventing me and adopting the right mindset or the way I was looking at life based off of what happened to me in my past. This is back in a day when insurance wasn't that great. You know, as a result, my father had to work, you know, as many jobs as he needed to ensure his daughter had a best chance to live. My sister did end up getting the proper care needed and was treated the same as myself and my younger sister later on. And in terms of love and support, unfortunately, the road was never easy for her. I watched her sitting by her bedside at a very young age, fighting and fighting and fighting, fighting sometimes to be able to breathe until the fight, you know, eventually got the best of her and she passed away at the age of 19 years old. 
But for 15 years, she lived past the time frame when someone told her that she had the expectancy to live. And it was one of the, it was one of the hardest times in my life. You know, myself at the time, I was 15 years old. And, you know, I couldn't understand why my family had to go through that pain. Why? You know, I refused to constantly be angry and, you know, just depressed all the time. And that's really when my personal development journey began. So later on in life, you know, fast forward about 15 years, I realized and I was taught that life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you because mental strength comes from developing a mindset that enables you to face and overcome a challenge or adversity life throws at you at all times. doesn't matter what it is. You can overcome it if you have the mental strength. Would you agree to that? I absolutely would. That's actually where you need to start. And that's absolutely essential for you to be able to do anything or accomplish anything. Right. I mean, you're going to go come across hard times at some point in your life. It's quite impossible to predict what's going to happen. You know, God forbid something ever happened to me and it was an accident. I mean, no one ever knows, but that time's going to come. No one makes it out alive. <laughs> you know, the mind must be engineered to endure pain and find solutions at any given moment. Same thing in sales, isn't it? Uh, that's absolutely right. Ultimately, it's how much, and this is, we talk about this a lot in leadership, how much pressure can you possibly handle? How much pain can you possibly hand, handle? And the people who have, who I see have the most success are people who use pain as a motivator. Right. And that's why it brought to my attention earlier when you were talking about that of fear of failing, you know, using that as pain, that was pain point. Some people would view that as a success. Some people would be like, whatever, it's everyone's success in your own mind and your interpretation of what it is. But to develop mental toughness of a warrior, especially, I learned this when I was in the military as well, is that you must learn and grow from pain, failures, setbacks, losses, challenges, roadblocks, and of the hardest parts of your life. But are you coming to realize and you have a visualization of what your life would be if you didn't have these things in front of you? You don't have to be a victim anymore. You are a pilot of your life or the CEO of your life. You have the ability to steer yourself in any direction you choose. But if you're not going to be able to do that yourself, then how the hell do you expect to do that for someone you're calling? That's my point. Is reflecting on the impact on how to use this as my driving force, have massive and radical transformation to do anything I want to do in life, because I've done it. I've forever changed the, the way that my family even looks at their financial situation because I was able to figure this out. And make something of myself. When I was young as a kid, I always visualized myself and and kind of you know had this vision that I would always become financially wealthy. Well, it doesn't mean that just I'm financially wealthy because I don't look at money as something and as it's just an object. It's just something we use. It's not even real because money is a tool. But I have the responsibility, and I feel it's my responsibility to never accept someone telling me they can't do something. When I get on the phone with someone, or if it could be an executive for a business. It could be someone that wants to partner up on a, in a future venture. It could be someone that's just maybe having a phone call and I just walk past them on the street or bump into them in a coffee shop and they bring up a limiting belief. I almost want to throat chop them. I mean, of course, I would never do that, but it literally does something to me physically, not just mentally, because it's a huge trigger. Do you see why that would make me react a certain way? Or is there triggers for yourself that make you have a certain emotion or react a certain way. 
It absolutely does. I mean, what, when you get to a point where you're working on yourself so much, you start noticing what's happening around you. And, you know, you, I used to be, you know, in sales, I used to get frustrated when I knew something was good for somebody, but they didn't recognize it themselves. And it's like, I, I would get mad at them. Like, what's wrong with you? And then I, when I started truly working on myself and, t- you know, getting past some of those limiting beliefs that were holding me back. And now I look at people in a different way. Now it's a, it's a frustration, but it's a frustration out of like, how do I, what can I do right now to help you see this? Right. And, and because I don't even care about the sale anymore. It's about, I, I am looking at you right now as a person who has so much potential, so much opportunity. And because of that limiting belief that you have, you are completely holding yourself back. And so for you as a salesperson, working on yourself is the first step into helping others be able to start working on themselves. It's not that you're solving people. It's not that you're making them better. It's about that you're able, because of who you are, you're able to have those quality conversations that get them to be inspired, motivated, committed to start working on themselves. Because our personal development comes from within. It can't come from any outside forces. No, it can't. I mean, those outside for it, it's not going to be meaningful to you. You know, what's meaningful to me in the, in the story I just shared with you, you've heard me say similar things in the past. We've had so many conversations about, you know, what catapults you into the next level. And sometimes it takes you to really figure out what you suppressed over the years. Limiting beliefs is where I find the jackpot with most clients. And I don't mean that in the money terms. It's like finding the holy grail. Once you are able to ask the right questions to get them to realize it, that what's really helped them or hold them back or all the things that happen in their life and they start looking things through the way that you look at things through your lens, that's a powerful freaking feeling. It's such a powerful feeling. And when I finally realized that I had the ability, you know, I pray every day. Most people, if I'm not knocking anybody's religions, it doesn't matter whatever your creator is. And if you believe in a higher power and you're just trying to be a better person every day, good for you. But for myself, it's meaningful to me. I try to make sure that I put myself in a position to have him use me as a tool to help people. Once I started looking at things in business that way, I made more money than anybody else would. You see what I'm saying? But it's not about making money because money is just what they pay me with because they don't know what they pay me with. You know what I mean? People can't, if I paid you with a bunch of thank yous, Wes, would that pay your bills? Well, absolutely not. But ultimately, and from what you're saying, Chris, is that you need to be become the vessel of change for people around you. And so you are the example. And because you're an example and you live and die by that right there, you are the reason why other people can make a change. And you are the reason why you can help others as well. And so I always say this, I'm like, I wish I could just go and hand somebody $100,000 and pay off all their debt just so that within two days from that point, they can look at it and say, okay, well now what's next? Right. Right. I don't have, I don't have the fear of money anymore. I don't have that fear of debt anymore. It's all gone. Now what's next? What do I do now? Because that feeling alone will tell you that to truly serve your purpose is to look at what impact can you make. Right. And the only way you can truly make an impact is by working on yourself first to then be able to help others. Right. I mean, most of us, and you know, I was no exception and, and I'm sure you weren't. I mean, everyone has limiting beliefs. We don't ever, we're never born into the world and get to a certain point when we start going to school and start learning things. 
it doesn't happen. We're not going to make it out until we're 15 or 18 years old with zero limiting beliefs. It doesn't happen. No one's perfect. We're humans. That's what makes this so phenomenal is that we have our own minds to be able to think and make decisions based off of those thoughts. And most of us, and I was no exception, I have many reasons that there are some things that get in the way of me succeeding at times, but I view those as setbacks. I want to fail though. I look at everything that I want to fail at least three or four times a day because that failure is just a setback. It's just another way for me to look at something and try to tweak it and then overcome. Pattern recognition has a kick in at some point for yourself, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And and would you, uh, Chris, would you say that that was your competitive advantage? Huge. That was something that set me out away from everybody else because I was willing to overcome anything that they threw at me because I wasn't going to accept some type of bullshit limiting belief. And limiting beliefs work like this. You know, they create a tainted lens through which we start to misconstrue our own perception of life. You know, they, the lens keeps us stuck in that limiting, that life limiting thought and pattern. And that pattern recognition to kick in at some point. I mean, it's like doing things over and over and over and over, you know, believing these limits, you know, uh, Michael Jordan said it best in his acceptance speech. Limits like fears are often just an illusion. It's true. But I believe everything else in the world is illusion as well. It's not even real. But it's real for you because it's meaningful to you. It's your life. But we continue to live with what confines us. You know, if you're putting yourself in a box, you're going to be stuck in jail. In, inside that box, that's your own jail. That's your own hell, in my opinion. And furthering making a limiting belief a reality in the future. But think about who all the people that you come in contact with throughout the day, Wes. And if you had a limiting belief and you're affecting the world with your bullshit, would you feel responsible for that? Now, if I had a limiting belief, I wouldn't even know that's going on. But if I am conscious of it and I'm doing it, now I feel a sense of responsibility. And that goes back to the first step. If you're looking to make a change, is committing to it. Right. Committing to changing yourself, your belief system, and let go. And this is, we can go on to this topic for probably a month. And that is let go of your ego. Mm -hmm. Ego is a huge piece. You, you see how many people, I can't tell you how many people I see that they just think they know it all. And that is a limiting belief of itself. For me, I'm like, I am more, I am, I'm excited more about the outcome and what we can make happen than for me being right all the time. If you can show me how, I'm doing something wrong and how I can do it better. I am the most grateful person in the world. Right. That, that touches on the routine. That's part of, is part of the routine. You know, it starts from the moment you wake up. There are days that if I'm not touching on all the basic human needs that I'm supposed to receive and how I view them and how I rank them within my own mind about, you know, my own personality, if there's things lacking and maybe I have another driving force that's compromising my quality of life, then I'm going to start lashing out because your human brain doesn't understand where stress and all these things come from. You see, it's, it could be something that doesn't mean anything and just tips you over the edge. It's where you see people snap for no reason is because they don't understand it. They're not mentally, they don't have the mental strength to understand what's happening in their emotions. Yeah. And I, and I completely agree with that. Ultimately it's, you know, what I tell people is that the first, what you really need to do first is understand why. Why are you doing what you're doing? What are you doing it for? What is, what is the purpose behind this? You can't get better and you can't 
develop yourself and who do you want to be if you don't even know who that person is and why you want to be that person, right? You don't, why do you want to be better? What's your motivation? Why are you committed to it? And then are you in alignment with that? That's a huge piece. I see people that wake up every day to go do something they hate doing. And if you want to be successful in anything and you wake up every single day and you hate doing what you do, then you're going to have a problem, right? Because you're going to need somebody or something or somehow motivate you every single day for you to try to, to, for you to even come close to getting to where you want to be as a great salesperson, right? So that's a huge piece is, are you in alignment with what you're trying to do? And it doesn't mean that you have to go out right now and start selling something that is exactly what you want it to be, right? Because nobody really knows in the beginning what that is. But is your process, is your timeline, is it getting you closer to where you want to be? And have you identified that yet? Very true. I definitely agree. But you have to be growing every day. I I speak a lot about being dedicated enough and having the discipline to become 1% better every day. Just 1%. 1% of 24 hours, just, you know, 12 minutes. So you don't have 12 minutes in your day to try to see, maybe measure and reassess where you failed and what you, where you can improve in your life. And I'm talking about all areas of life. And I know that this is leaning into and talking of answering our question about the cold call, but in order to be able to develop a lot of confidence, you need to be confident in yourself and your ability and who you are. So who are you? You know, listen up everyone. As you cut the legs out, Every one of these limiting bullshit beliefs that you lie to yourself about, you will begin to feel full of life and you can recreate your life and anything you want to do. You can change your life in the next second just by the way you're looking at things. And you could do that for your you know, prospective buyer. And think about what a buyer goes through if they're hearing someone. And I, I hear this. I actually experienced this. Not to sound pompous, but I experienced this with students that share with me how much I changed their life. I'm, I'm sure you receive similar messages from students, right? Absolutely, because before before I understood this piece of what you're, you're talking about here, Chris, I used to try to think I had to over-deliver and over-promise. Right? That's how I was as a salesperson. I would over-deliver and over-promise because I think that's what I had to do to get someone to agree. But when I realized that, that truly being able to help somebody overcome those limiting beliefs, then they're excited about now. They're excited about today. That outcome that they're searching for, they wanted yesterday. It's fine now if that outcome is in six months. It's fine now if that outcome is in 12 months because now I'm on a new journey. Mm -hmm. So you want to be an effective salesperson, help somebody overcome those limiting beliefs and understand what is it that they truly want and get them on the right path. And you'll see how much easier it is for you. And, and actually, we can talk a lot about this when it comes to compliance as well mm-hmm. um, and things along those lines. I'm sure we'll touch on it at some point. But uh, it, you want to be an effective salesperson, work on that piece first. You touched on something about over, you know, providing more value than you think you do because of your own mind or whatever your levels are, you know, and understanding, are you giving enough? You know, and that, that's a huge limiting belief. It's like, am I giving enough? And that goes back to searching for a little bit more of an acceptance. Sometimes people overlook that piece. I think that for myself, once I kind of identified that I was able to accomplish anything I wanted to, as long as I set my mind to it and got the right formula down in a routine, once I figured that out, 
I was so freaking excited to share it with the world. <laughs> I could shut up about it. So I believe that every person, if people are listening to this and you, I've ever sold you something or I've ever enrolled you into a program and some people would say hit a, hit a certain level of success. Some people wouldn't, that has nothing to do after I potentially sold you that product or service or has something to do with me enrolling into a program is the execution part for yourself. It could be, there's a lot of deciding factors there, but when you're looking at a bigger picture, you know, every person I have spoken to in business or in sales, I feel that I have left them at that time better than when I got there or when they met me. And if you're focused on that piece, you see how small that little piece is? That's part of my journey. Every person I have spoken to and sharpened my skill set and trying to come across a certain way and perfecting my tonality and doing always what's best for them and enrolling them in the right program to make sure they're going to reach overall business success. And, and it's not about their, you know, what's happening or whatever they're purchasing is about why they're doing it and tying into, you know, increasing their overall experience for them to feel good while they're doing it. I'm obsessed with sales. I am so dedicated to my craft that I don't want to ruin an experience from a potential student buyer, customer business of being sold by me or being enrolled by something just because of the fact of that I've been doing this for so long that I love what I do. Have you ever met a millionaire that didn't love what they do? Absolutely not. Why do you think? Because if you don't love what you do, you'd have no motivation to keep doing it. And you don't have a motivation to become the best at it. And you don't care as much as you should about it. Right. So if you dig a little bit deeper than that, what would you say to a new salesperson or someone that all the way back to the question that they asked at the beginning about my sales team cringes when we talk about cold calling, what separates the best of the best salespeople from those that don't hit the results that they're searching for? What would you say to that person going to approach a phone call and doesn't even know who they are? What would you say to that person? My first question to that person is going to be, how do you expect to help the person on the other line when you aren't helping yourself? Mm. And what can you do today to get just, like you said, Chris, 1% better so that you can help that next person become 1% better? And ultimately, what's the impact that you feel like you can make? And why do you want to make that impact? Why do you want to make an impact and for how long? Any person I've ever spoken to in Business Light, and if I ever called you and you answered the phone, I said, hello, this is Chris. <laughs> then, you know, you're a part of my journey. And I look at every single last one of you. You helped me do things and, and defined, you know, what I really wanted in life. And it's defining your competitive advantage. What's going to set you apart from everybody else? There's another question to ask a salesperson or a new salesperson. It could be someone that maybe have never reached a level of success. When you're asking that question, they're instantly their ego is going to get involved. Do you love what you do? Yeah, I love what I do. <laughs> it's like almost an, you can never get the sentence out of your mouth before they answer it. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, I love what I do. Like, why do you love what you do? So what is your favorite part? Mine was cold calls. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I, but I love meeting new people. But in my personal life, a little bit more private. But when I get on a phone call or I'm training a new salesperson or I'm trying to train a team or a business, having a clear vision of victory to aim for, not just a vision in mind or an outcome, but a victory. How do you win and how do they win? How does the company win? 
How do you feel when you hang up the phone? You can even pull it all the way back at the beginning and keep it simple. What was their attitude when you got on the phone? What is your attitude that you're putting out in the universe? And did you increase the way that they felt about themselves when you hung up? The hell you sold a product or not? Who gives a shit? Did you put them in a better mood? If you focus on that, you'll win. I promise. Absolutely. And I would completely agree with that, Chris. Ultimately, you know, as salespeople, especially people who do cold calls, you face so much rejection every single day. And so if you're not improving yourself and if you are not mentally prepared to be able to take on that day or that challenge, of course you're not gonna you're gonna hate cold calling. Of course you're gonna cringe when somebody says cold calling because you haven't even looked at it from the right lens yet. And so for me, a rejection means I just learned something. I want to be rejected because when I can go back and look at that interaction, I can say to myself, have I done everything I possibly can? And most of the time, the answer is no. And how can I get better? What could I have done differently? Right. So that's why I love cold calling, because it gives me so much to learn from. And it, I can have that opportunity to not just increase my, my own skill set, but to be able to increase the skill sets of people around me through my own experience. And so when you're going into that cold call, start to appreciate the rejection and just smile when, when somebody says no to you. Because now that's just another opportunity for you to say, how can I have gotten them to say yes? And now you're going to be much more prepared for that next interaction. It's all about having fun as well. I mean, use your personality. The best advice I can ever give anybody is just put yourself into whatever you're doing. Just put yourself into it. You can never go wrong when you're leading with your heart. And if you want the best for people, it's going to show in your numbers. It could be just the way that you're communicating. It could be the things that nonverbal is what's happening. It's coming out of you. You know, there's three rules, in my opinion, to being able to understand, you know, what a warrior mindset or what a mindset of a champion or if you're programmed to win, like Wes mentioned, there's three rules, in my opinion. Only move and only do things when it benefits the result you're searching for. Whatever the hell you want, if it's not benefiting you, don't do it. Every movement comes with risk. Would you agree to that, Wes? Absolutely. I mean, like leaving your job for something else, investing your money in a business. So only move when it benefits you or only moving when it's benefiting the outcome you're searching for, you'll roll into number two. Number two is know what unlocks the inner beast inside you. Everyone has an inner beast and no offense to anybody listening, an inner bitch inside them. You have the clutch people in life and you have the ones that underperform at all times and they believe they actually are a loser. That's, a, that's one of the biggest limiting beliefs. It's one of the hardest things to ever watch someone always losing and they know they're going to lose and they never try. It's the most heartbreaking thing to watch. But to be a warrior or to be someone that overperforms or having your competitive advantage, you need to know what triggers your inner beast. Like make it part of your routine. Like Wes mentioned, it starts with how he woke up in the morning and how he ends his day. That's, that's something hard for people to understand. And usually when I'm off my routine, guess what? My results show. I set a goal in 2017 to, there's 52 weeks in a year, to read 52 books. I fell short, hit 50. The next year, do you know how many I did, Wes? How many? I read 117 books. Wasn't I wasn't, that was stupid before, 
But the way that I looked at it, the more information and knowledge I was able to gain and learn how to be able to perfect what I'm doing or maximize my capability, my ability to a high level, I knew that I needed to gain more information, more knowledge to be able to share it with the world. That's what I mean by you need to be committed to everything you do. Where do you find time? You will always find time for the things that you feel is most important in your life. However, there's other dominating forces that in my life that are should be the most important. Sometimes I compromise that and my quality of life suffers. So having that routine and that balance is key. Rule number three, commit. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. That's simple. Just commit. You want to be the best salesperson? Go do it. You want to be the best cold caller? Go do it. You want to be the best business person ever? Go do it. But good luck. We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So good luck. I mean, you're, we got a little head start on you. But that's how I look at the people that you know inspire me. It's not about the people that inspire me that are billionaires. You know who inspires me? The people that don't have anything. And they have so much talent and they're wasting it over tripping over their own selves. Drives me insane. That's what motivates me, or watching someone that has zero ability and we're born with all these great things. If you wake up in the morning, you can see, thank God. Be grateful. If you can wake up in the morning, you can hear, be grateful. If you can wake up in the morning and speak, be grateful. Do you see how you can always make it worse or better? But that's just the way you look at life. So to answer your question completely, absolutely, that's my competitive advantage. What do you think yours is? Ultimately, it's my why. I think my, you know, truly my competitive advantage comes down to my why and the fact that I am programmed to win. I mean, ultimately, if I can give people like this is something I used to do before I'd get into any sales interaction on my way to, to work or on my way to my office or anything. One thing that I would always do is I'll play a song that would pump me up and I would start chanting like a warrior. I probably sound like the biggest idiot in the world, but when I walked in through the doors that day, I was ready to eat someone's face off, right? Because I was pumped. I was ready to go. And so what, what is it for you that's going to make you do that? But the first thing is understand your why. Have a commitment bigger than just yourself. You know, my commitment, my motivation is my family. And I use a lot of pain there too. I'm like, how will my family suffer if I don't do what I need to do today? If I don't even take this one call that I need to take? If I don't step out right now and I go do something that's going to make me uncomfortable so that they can be comfortable, right? So that's my bigger purpose. And so I always was searching for my purpose. What is my purpose? What should I be doing with my life? And I realized that my purpose is to serve in the capability in which I can. And the only way I can do that is by becoming my best self. And so my competitive advantage ultimately is my commitment to being my best self every single day and serving in the highest level that I can. Because I'm a person of scarcity. You know, scarcity always comes back to me. And I think if I don't do something, then other people will suffer. I've taken it away from myself. So before it was, if I don't do something, I will suffer. Now it's, if I don't do something, others around me will, will suffer. And I even went so far to, to draw a diagram. I drew a diagram of everyone in my life, business, personal, and people in their lives and in their lives. And I said, if I don't do this today, or if I don't do such and such, or if I'm not committed to such and such, all of these people will be affected in this, 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 and this way. So I went even that far. And that just goes back to, I am committed to being my best self every single day. And if you're not, then go back and ask yourself, why is that? 
because something has to trigger you to want to be the best that you can be. Okay. You can only rely on so much to come from within you. That is what is going to carry you forward. But what is that driving factor? And what is going to help you wake up every single day and say, I am ready. I am absolutely ready to be my best self and serve in the best way that I possibly can. Such a beautiful way of looking at it. And you know, and I asked that question with you because everyone's is different. It could be something small compared to the way I'm looking at it. Maybe it could be something big. And if you're listening to this right now and you get that the outside or inside influence and your inner bitch get the best of you before you pick up a phone and you're a little, oh, I don't really want to make the phone call. I'm like, oh, I want to get hung up on. Like, I wish someone would answer the phone. <laughs> I can't wait to transfer my energy. I can't wait. But it also goes back into mirroring. So if I call someone brand new, Wes, and I say, Wes, how's it going today, my man? And you're like, what's up? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. What did I just do? <laughs> mirrored him. <laughs> <laughs> I mirrored him because I'm now I'm talking, his, I'm talking to his tone of voice. But I'm going to use my tonality to talk a little louder, just one decimal. So I'm like, so... Wes, what would you think if I was able to release the inner beast inside of yourself? What what do you think that would do for you long term? But if I called and would just said, Wes, how's it going, man? <laughs> you think you're gonna it's not gonna work. Right. It's not gonna work. Mirror first and then start bringing them up to your level. Bring them up to your level and don't accept anything less than what you're looking for. Listen, Wes, I don't think you're the type of student I was looking for. I, I'm sorry that I gave you a call today and it seems that you know I wasn't able to convince you that you're better than what you're actually putting out in the universe. If I said that to someone, what do you think will happen? Now I'm going to start wondering what's wrong with me. <laughs> what, what am I doing wrong? How, well, how can you help me? Right, I'm a, that's how I'm going to feel. Yeah, or, I was, or I'll apologize. I usually start with an apology. Like, Wes? I appreciate the conversation and I can see that, you know, your emotions are getting the best of you a little bit. And I can understand why you're upset. I mean, no one wants him calling them. I get it. I understand. But if you could do me a favor, I want to tell you a little something to leave you with. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to apologize. And my sincerest apology comes to you because, and I want you to receive it with my intention, is that I failed you somehow of not being able to communicate to your language and really try to help you and reach you in in overall business success or maybe just put you in a better mood. Do you accept my apology? First one speaks, loses. In that situation. In that situation, the first one speaks after you say, do you accept my apology? Loses. I have saved so many phone calls from that. So many phone calls. And it's not just that. I mean, it could change. And every person you talk to, depending on their personality, you would use it in a different way. But it wouldn't work unless it came from my heart. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. Because ultimately, at that point, they're going to start defending you. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of them being uh, defensive towards you, they're going to start defending you and your feelings. Mm -hmm. So if they keep, de they're defending me because that's the way the human mind works. So we don't want to see someone struggle, especially when they, open up their heart to you and try to apologize. And the way that I just apologize, it comes from my heart because I truly believe that I am here to be used as a tool to try to help someone. And it could be maybe I need to grow and I'm going to continue to keep growing because I'm a different 
businessman than I was last month, Wes. I've grown. Everyone grows. And I'll tell you what, there's one day that I won't. And that's the day that I die, unfortunately, that I'm not growing or I'm not trying to become my best self or whatever I'm focusing on, whatever is driving me. But if I'm apologizing, I know it's coming from the deepest part of my heart. And I'm actually saying, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to you know, get through to you. It's got to feel awful going through what you're going through and you're not willing to understand. I was like, is there something that I'm doing wrong? Do you not like my shirt? Do you not like my tie? But don't tell me you can't understand that what you're doing right now is self-sabotage. You are ruining your life. Don't you understand? You, of course, you wouldn't want to come across that aggressive, but can you hear how passionate I am about that? Right. It's coming from a sincere place and it's felt. That's the biggest piece of it is it's actually felt. But you can't do it. I'll tell you this. You can't do it unless you really believe what I believe. I have a strong conviction you can do anything you want to do. Anything. Anything. So, Is it appropriate for me to have the next phone call with you? Those are the ways that I would, I would frame my question. I'm never going to get on a phone and not frame my question. I love that stuff when I hear it in messages. I People send me their phone calls, Chris, how can I improve? And they'll send it to me, right? And they'll go, it was a really good phone call. You're really going to like it. I get about 30 seconds into it. I'm like, ugh, what is this? I'm like, if you want if you want him to hang up so bad, why don't you just hang up? <laughs> that that would have worked better. Then you wouldn't have had the rejection. Just hang up. <laughs> 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 just hang up, man. Just, just hang up. That was awful. You can never get that back. <laughs> you know, so it's like, Ugh. <laughs> I know that I'm using humor of a way of trying to communicate how important it is for you to define your competitive advantage and to dig deep and to be programmed to win each and every day. In order for you to reach a life of success and fulfillment, you're going to have to do things that are challenging. But if you approach a phone call, why should they meet with you? Why should they answer the phone? You look at things a different way. If I said that to you, and if I was training you years ago, Wes, and if I said to you, approach the meeting and ask yourself, why should they meet with you or why should they answer the phone? Would that change the way you were looking at something? Absolutely. But only if I was, my mind was impressionable to it. And the, the fact that, you know, in that scenario, if I don't feel worthy of that, if I don't feel like I'm up to that standard, then I'm going to understand what you're saying to me but I'm not going to fully understand how I'm supposed to execute it and be committed to it. But if I feel worthy of that, that that person truly is, needs to be qualified to even speak to me, then yes, the way that I view it, the way that I'm going to uh, approach that phone call moving forward, it's going to be completely different. And it would have been completely different instead of me trying to get on the phone and feel like I need to convince someone of why they need to listen to me. Right, right. That means you failed somewhere else if you have to convince. Because we decide how well we coexist with our new reality. And how I exist with my new reality of my mindset, it takes time and hard work and dedication. It's about how much it defines me. And what defines me is my competitive advantage. No one has ever got on a phone with me and was disrespectful after I was able to show my self-worth. And I say that a lot. If you come from a place of your heart, you're trying to really reach them and, and hope to help them in some type of way. It could be maybe it, not your product and service or whatever I'm selling at a time, but I at least left them with something to think about. And that's what we're going to lead into with our next couple of calls. But I would love to hear more feedback from our 
listeners and Wes, you know, anything you would like to add to that? I mean, how can we, how can someone reach you if they're listening to this podcast? A couple of different ways. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at Wes Bays. Uh, same thing on Facebook at West Bays as well. And LinkedIn, same thing. They're all the same, uh, West Bays. So uh, reach me in any of those, uh, you know, three channels. I'm always happy to respond and I enjoy engaging uh, with you guys. If uh, Chris, if I can add one last thing that really has helped me over the years is I'm not very good when it comes to being accountable to only myself, right? So if I give myself a goal, you know, I wasn't good at just going through and being committed to hitting that target. What I always did, what's always helped me, it gives tell someone else what my goal is so that I, not that they're going to sit there and keep me accountable, but now I feel like I need to hold myself accountable because now I've told that person. So in a sales scenario, I would tell my sales managers, this is exactly what I'm going to hit today. And it would always be three to four times more than anybody else was going to do. So if somebody says, I'm going to get four sales today, I'm getting 12. And that's what I would aim for. And you'll find that when you st- set that standard higher, a lot higher, and you hold yourself accountable and you have others holding you accountable or you put it out there in the universe to hold you accountable, you're, you're going to see how that standard now is going to, uh, th- th- you're going to see how that standard is going to make you perform at a much higher level. Having a little bit, holding yourself accountable through the eyes of the prospective buyer is that's what we're all after anyway. I mean, that's how you increase the overall experience of every single person you speak to. So if you're going to hold yourself accountable, and if it's not yourself, that's the perfect person, in my opinion, to hold yourself accountable with. Because overall, that's the person either decides if they're going to enroll or you know, be impressionable to what you're trying to share with them or convince them of. And it's, I'm never going to convince anyone of a product or service or good or whatever they're trying to enroll into or buy or you know receive from me what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to reach them at a different level for them to make the right decision based off of the examples I'm using for them to identify what's the best move for them to take that's what it's about so again ask yourself how can you give a little bit more to yourself each day how can you define your competitive advantage and be programmed to win each and every day So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning, guys. Hope you got tons of value from this. Let's go win our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.